0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories, um, adorable memes, and really cute selfies. I'm posting lots of great selfies lately. My hair is fresh freshly bleached, and I am ready to show it off to the world. I haven't been as active on social media as I have been in the past. It's just been a really kind of um, heavy, heavy time, really, really heavy time. So I've just kind of been spending it with a lot of family and just, you know, having a good time. But um, I promise there are lots more good, fun um, content to come. So stay tuned for that. So I know this episode is um, it's a day late, but it is not a dollar short because there's a lot going on in the world of pop culture and reality TV news. Um, there is so much happening. Jax and Lance Bass, Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules, and Jax and Lance Bass are feuding, or not feuding, but they're like sharing words on the internet at the moment. And it's kind of, it's a vibe. Eileen Davidson is resurfacing. She has a little cameo coming up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and she dished on it on the Daily Dish podcast podcast. We also have some new reports saying that Stassi and Kristen apparently begged Andy Cohen for their jobs back on Bravo. NeNe is apparently shopping around a new reality show that might come to E! Um, and then there's the Aviva of it all. Ooh, Bobby Burke from Queer Eye has come out with some some interesting choice words for Miss Aviva formerly of Real Housewives of New York which can I just like can we just have an honorable mention for the editors that would edit Aviva out of the opening credits every time she didn't appear in an episode when she was on Real Housewives of New York like you can tell the editors hated her. Um, Okay where should we start? Oh there was also the Megan Fox stuff. Megan Fox and Jimmy Kimmel are like um, the talk of the internet at the moment because apparently uh, what's, what's his name? Jimmy Kimmel is getting canceled. There was like some um there was some skits of him in blackface that people are upset with and he is embarrassed by. And then there was um, a clip of Megan Fox on his show where she was talking about an audition that she was giving um, when she was about like 15 or 16 with Michael Bay and how she was like in a bikini and she was 15 and she was like um, trying to become an extra. I think it was, in I think it was bad boys too. Um, And so that's kind of been a hot topic right now. Everybody's, well, she's come out because everyone was trying to cancel Jimmy. They're like, can you believe Jimmy did absolutely nothing when Megan Fox was telling this story or this anecdote of her, you know, auditioning for Michael Bay and having to like wear a bikini at 15, 16 years old and to have to be like underwater. And like, yeah, it sounds bad. I mean, I listened to the interview and it doesn't, I think it sounds a little predatory, but she's come out and she said, because apparently after that, um, there were also... Um, Some incidents that people brought to light with Megan Fox having to audition for Steven Spielberg for Transformers and how, um, you know, I don't know, people, there was just a lot of talk on the internet about all of it. And so she came out and she's like, look, everybody, I appreciate you um, giving me all the support. But I, you know, these two instances were not anything that I felt um, uncomfortable with or that that made me feel, you know, like they were taking advantage of me or preying on me personally kind of think that like the whole Michael Bay stuff and him, you know, the bikini and she was like 15 or 16. I personally think that was a little predatory and like maybe, you know, maybe she's a little blind to that. Um, but She's saying that there were many other instances in Hollywood where she did feel preyed upon and violated. And unfortunately, she, or not unfortunately, but she is just not comfortable right now sharing any of those stories, which, you know, is totally fine. That's, those are her stories to tell. But she says that these specific instances with Transformers and with, um, Bad Boys 2, she doesn't feel like they've actually, like they were actually, um, you know, these men taking advantage of her as a young girl, especially because she said uh, she was 19 or 20 when she um, was doing Transformers or when she was auditioning for Transformers. And, like, I get it. Like, I, I... The hard part for me, and I, like, kind of have had this realization recently where I've now come to realize that, like, I was definitely put into some really hairy situations when I was a teenager. Um, And I'm now kind of realizing that, like, I, you know, was definitely taken – there were definitely instances um, as a teen where I – or when I was younger that I was definitely taken advantage of by older men and, like – I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy when you are in, when you are that age and you're going through certain experiences and you think that you're so old and you're like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. I can do whatever I want. I own my body. I own my sexuality. And then you kind of realize, oh, as you get older, you realize like, oh, I actually, Mm, maybe I didn't know what I was doing. Maybe like the emotional and mental, uh, you know, maturity wasn't fully developed at that age that I had no idea what the hell I was getting myself into. And that's why like, for me, like I'm 27 now, but like I could never fuck an 18 year old. I could never have sex with anybody that was 18, 19, 20. Like to me, that's gross to me. That is a child. So like, I kind of get what Megan Fox is saying where she's like, you know, I was technically of age when I, you know, was doing the scenes for transformers, but like at the same time, like that's still a really young, like you're just still not mentally or emotionally developed. And I guess I'm putting two the two pieces together when they're actually two very separate pieces. Megan Fox and her experience is her very own experience. Um I just, my personal opinion is like somebody that's 18, 19, or even 17 with what's his name? Ensel Eggert, how he, you know, was twenty and he had sex with a girl that was 17, and that's technically the legal age of consent in New York, but she's saying that she was raped and like that's just like my thing is it's like if you're like of a certain age like just don't stop fucking 18 year olds like let's like can we just not do that anymore like why like these are still children like I think 24 year olds are still children like I don't even think I would fuck a 24 year olds I may have like at some point like a random hookup but I don't think I would ever like seek out somebody that's actually young or even looks young like to me well I mean I also have daddy issues so I think like I always just go for older um like my age or older i really never like to go younger cuz to me it just it feels it feels just gross i still feel young at heart for the most part and like so i'm just like i don't want to sleep with anybody in like their early 20s also like somebody at 18 19 20 years old that's like wanting to be sexual like they don't understand what they want they don't understand what they're doing there's probably some like emotional suppressed traumas that they haven't worked out yet and that's why they're you know actively trying to have sex like i just i don't know like if you're you know a hor- horny 18 19 year olds in college then you know what go bone each other you know in the dorm room whatever but like if you're an older person like you just don't even need to be associating in that sort of environment with like again children wasn't even in my talking points. I kind of just went on a rant with it, but um, but yeah, because there are like a lot of these instances, or like Chris D'Elia, where he came out and he, the comedian who he was in Whitney and he was in Undateable, and then he recently had a prominent role in um, shit, what's it called? You season two on Netflix. Um, he is in some hot water now. I liked crystal i used to watch i always thought he looked a little creepy um but he I, I watched him on whitney i never watched undateable but i saw him in you season two i you know liked some of his stand-up i actually performed stand-up with him once a couple years or like way back in the day when i was doing stand-up at the laugh factory um and so you know i thought he was just like whatever a funny dude but now it's coming out that like he was or he's allegedly preying on, you know, younger underage girls. And so his statement came out saying like, oh, well, I've never actually like willingly pursued an underage girl. But it's like, okay, maybe you didn't actively you know, try to pursue a girl that was, you know, 16 or 17 years old. But, like, the reality is you're hitting on a girl that probably looks like she's 16 or 17 or looks like she's 18 or whatever the case may be. Like, like just stop going for, like, young girls or young boys. Like, why is that a thing that we, like, like this cute, innocent, like, I don't know. I think it's creepy. Like, go for a woman. Go for, you know, a fully mature or maturing adult. Like, that's that's hot. It's to go for somebody that is, like, mentally and emotionally in the place to, like, be sexual with you. That is attractive, okay? Not going for these, again, children. So, even though Crystalia didn't intentionally pursue anybody that was underage, it's still gross that he was even hitting on girls that, like, were even, I mean, let's say that was, they were even 19 or 20. That's still gross. They're still babies. <sighs> I wasn't even gonna talk about Christy. I was only gonna talk about reality TV stuff. Um, But yeah those are my rants about Megan Fox and are not rant about Megan Fox but the situation with Megan Fox and Jimmy Kimmel and another thing is like the fact that people are trying to cancel Jimmy Kimmel over him being complicit in this interview I don't think that what he did was right but I also think that there's a certain responsibility that you you know as the the person in media like to kind of redirect the narrative sometimes I think it's a little unfair of us to hold him to that high standard and think he could actually do something and Megan even came out and she's like I told that that anecdote in several interviews you know You know, over the course of you know many months, that like that wasn't something that should only be held accountable for for him, but like, you know, I just I think cancel culture is a little. I. I guess we can get into cancel culture in a little bit, but I want to, or segueing into that, I want to talk about Lance, Bans, Lance Bass and Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules. Um, Lance Bass, who was formerly with NSYNC, bye, 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 Lance Bass is saying bye, bye, bye to Jax Taylor. He um, came out on his podcast because apparently Lance and Jax have a cocktail mixer line together called Just Add, Just Add X. It's like, just add vodka, just add whiskey, just add, it's like a premixed mixed cocktail mixer that you just throw in and you just add the liquor. So they have that going on together, which they launched this year. Um, and so when all of the Vanderpump Rules mess kind of started to go down with Stasi and Kristen and Max and Brett and all the firings happened and the Vanderpump Rules was in heat and everyone was like, ah, fire Jax, fire Jax and Brittany. Um, that's when Lance Bass came out and he's like, look, I just want to let everybody know that like it feels like the right decision to make is to professionally cut ties with Jax. Um, and so we've decided you know we're no longer gonna work with Jax moving forward and then that's when Jax's rep came out and he's like nope liar liar pants on fire that's not true Lance Bass you did not actually uh, cut with Jax Taylor like Jax Taylor is very much still part of Just Add X and um, so like don't be going out there saying this stuff because it's confusing and it's basically a line and then Lance Bass came back on his podcast and he's like oh no you didn't I am not a liar how dare you call me a liar because that is not true and so he Lance is saying that he doesn't think that Jax is racist or homophobic based off of his experience working with him. He says that he is like, yes, Jax has sent some really vile tweets, but like knowing Jax personally, he says that he doesn't believe or has ever heard him say anything racist and he doesn't believe that Jax is truly homophobic. He says that Jax is just a very ignorant person, which I agree with. And this is where – so this isn't directly related to Jax because I just kind of – I want to make this point outside of the situation with Jax because I think Jax is very problematic. And I think if they were going to cut anybody from Vanderpump Rules, Jax should have been the first one to go. Um but what I think we need to be very careful and very mindful of is using the terms racist and homophobic because those are very, very strong terms. And that's not to take away from racism or homophobia because those are very real things that are that are alive in our country right now. But I think, like, can a person's actions be um, considered racist or homophobic? Yes, they absolutely can. But we need to, like, really... Um, compartmentalize racism and like ignorant actions because actions can be taken that are done ignorantly because you don't know or you know you lived in a culture where certain things were socially acceptable that we're now realizing were very wrong and aren't socially acceptable and this is kind of my issue with with cancel culture is it's like when you cancel, or actually before we even get to cancel culture, I want to talk about like the whole racism and homophobia and then, you know, the ignorance, because I think that a lot of people are doing and saying really ignorant things and we're getting canceled for saying and doing really ignorant things or things that were at one point socially acceptable that are now not socially acceptable. I mean, not that they were ever right or not that they should have ever been socially acceptable, but like the, the reality is it was a time that was wrong and, like, people were doing things that were wrong because it was allowed in in our culture and in our society. Those things weren't seen as wrong. Now we're, we're waking up and we're realizing, like, yeah, those things were wrong and, like, we shouldn't have participated in that. So I think we need to be very mindful, though, because when I think we take people's ignorant actions, because I think a lot of like what Stassi did and said was more ignorance than it was true racism. And like, I'm not going to lie and say that there wasn't any racism that were that played a role in any of that, because there obviously was. And I even talked about it with Chelsea on the show last week, how there are racist elements or racist components to what she did. But I think ultimately, it was more an issue of her being privileged and ignorant and not just and just not being aware through lack of exposure or through lack of understanding other people's experience. And I think when people do something ignorant and they screw up, it's an opportunity for us to, one, let them be the examples and let them learn from what they've done and let them grow. But also it's an opportunity for us to learn and grow as well. Um, And I think just canceling them and dismissing them as racist overall, like you look at it and it's... um, I don't think you allow there to be any room for growth because you even look at jacks now and people are calling him racist and homophobic and now he's like you know he's like but what i said wasn't racist and it wasn't homophobic like those are such strong terms that i think when people hear those terms and you use them to label them it immediately tunes them out instead of having them think like oh wait is what I said, was that racist? Like, how was how that received? How did other people, like, was I was I wrong? And then you do some inner reflection and you work on being better. I don't like to use Jackson as, as an example because I think he's had a history of doing insane, really stupid shit without much growth. So I think, Jacks aside, I just think we need to be careful with using the terms racist and homophobic because when you use those terms for, like, things that are, you know, ignorance, then I think what we where we are wrong is we then associate those two and then we dilute what true racism is and we dilute what homophobia really is. And like there is real homophobia and there is real racism in our country. But when we just lump in all these small little ignorant instances, then it makes the argument, it, it cheapens the argument, unfortunately. And I think we need to be more mindful of that. And, you know, if somebody does something that, um, is racist, then that is an action that they performed that, you know, was probably rooted in ignorance, in ignorance, but it was still racist or homophobic. But we can't just immediately dismiss and label them as racist or homophobic because, because I don't think that then opens them up to doing any genuine reflection. I think if anything, it just forces them to be like, oh, well, this is just a PC culture and I can't say anything and I'm just going to, you know, give this fake apology and not really mean it because I just don't want to piss people off. And it doesn't allow them to actually realize the true ramifications of what they've done. I think some instances can, but I think cancel culture as a whole just, um, it doesn't allow for there to be a dialogue. It doesn't allow for there to be a discussion. And I think we need dialogue and we need discussion so that we as, you know, society and as the, the people watching all of these figures, we can learn from that and we can grow from that because we see them fall and we see them get back up and we see them learn and we watch that journey. But when you cancel them and dismiss them, I don't think then there's any willingness to grow and to learn other than, just you know to save face which I think is kind of the situation we're seeing with Bravo right now they're just kind of trying to save face more than they actually care about being part of a solution at least you know from the angle that I see it at Um, but I do believe that there's opportunity and room for them to grow Um, and Jax did say or sorry Lance did say going back to Jax I, I mean again I don't really know if Jax is actually learning anything I hope that he is but I don't think I don't know. I just think all of this cancel culture like forces this shallow fake apology tour that people then have to do. And then they become bitter and they don't actually grow or learn from anything. And I think Jax is definitely part of that. I think he's highly problematic and, and, Again, he's probably somebody that isn't going to have any reflection. Like I think Stassi and Kristen right now are definitely doing some inner reflection and trying to work on themselves and hopefully be better. I don't necessarily think I see that with Jax because he's done so many vile things on the show on Vanderpump and been awarded for that. That um, which goes to a great point that Lance made when he was addressing it on his podcast recently, where he said that like Jax is just surrounded by a bunch of yes people and these people continue to enable his behavior. And again, I don't think I think we need to find that line between enabling them and being a yes person and between holding them accountable for their actions, but also allowing them to grow and and, and um, heal or I don't know if heals the right word, but to grow and learn moving forward, um, especially as public figures, it allows us to like grow and heal and evolve as well. And like, look, we've all done and said shitty things from, you know, 2 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, whenever. We've all been a bad person in the past. That's just the that's just the nature of being a human. We've all done and said really stupid, shitty, ignorant things that were probably racist, that were probably homophobic that at the time we didn't think about it. We were young, we were dumb. Like now we're waking up to it and now we have the opportunity to be better and to continue to push that conversation forward. So we need to be very responsible with that and I think we need to also just be very mindful of the terms that we use, how we address people and then, you know, how we you know, cancel them. Like, here's the thing. If somebody fucks up, then I think absolutely pull your money. Don't watch their shows. Don't buy their products. Give them an opportunity to genuinely show remorse and grow from that. And then you can consider whether or not you'd be willing to invest in them again. But, you know, if they don't grow, then like you don't have to, you know, continue to invest in them. But I think we just need to be very mindful of how we do these things so that we can continue to grow and evolve as a culture and not just, you know, shun people and, you know, become more divisive as a country. Okay, let's talk about Eileen Davidson from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So Eileen was on the Daily Dish podcast recently, and she was dishing on returning to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's apparently going to be doing a small cameo this season at Kyle's house for I believe it looked like Kyle's White Party. And she – so she's talking about her time on Housewives, and she also brought up, I guess – She was asked about the affair rumors with Denise and Brandy, and she was like, oof, that's a lot. I don't really know if that's true, but I did happen to see Denise while they were filming out at this event, um, out at this premiere, and I did think that she looked a little uncomfortable. She looked a little nervous. She looked a little, and it just, it kind of, you know, it was a little interesting, and so I think, you know, that may have been when all of the Brandy rumors were going down, but you can tell that, like, Denise was definitely bothered by something. And then Denise came out and tweeted and she's like, no girl, like calm down. I was just upset or I was just a little nervous and like kind of shaky because I was having surgery in a couple of days and I hadn't really talked to anybody about it and it was just weird. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, then it was just, you know, she was just nervous about having surgery. Maybe the Brandy stuff hadn't even come up yet. But apparently Denise's marriage to Aaron is on the rocks. So according to Reality Blurb, Aaron is like very distressed by all of this and it's like weighing heavily on their marriage and I don't know if they're actually going to last. I mean, I feel like they they might I don't know when they got married it was the whole infinity and 1111 and all of that stuff that they wanted to make happen. So, I think I don't know. I actually think this affair did happen, TBH. I think cuz when you look at Brandy, you you like yes, Brandy is crazy and she drinks a lot and, you know, whatever. And she likes drama. But at the end of the day, Brandy doesn't have a history of lying necessarily. She has a history of oversharing. She has a history of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, and, you know, spitting things out that other people may accuse her of saying that isn't true. But she's very much, I don't think she's somebody that just like makes stuff up for the sake of it. I think she's very much, and you can see it just in her behavior overall. Like she's just somebody that doesn't think before she speaks. She just does it and, you know. Doesn't realize like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have shared that. I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, And that's just kind of the history that Brandy has. And people have accused her of lying. Because you look at when she was in a fight with Adrian and Paul uh, back in what? Like season three. Um, And she talks about adrian using a surrogate and then at first they're like she's lying she's a liar blah blah blah. and then we find out well it was actually true she just said it when she shouldn't have said it um and that was kind of an issue and then we have the whole muhammad joanna krupa situation where she said that muhammad made a comment about joanna krupa saying that she smelled like fish and then you know muhammad and lisa are like no 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 that's not true but i mean you also look at lisa Vanderpump. you're like how honest are you really like how authentic and genuine are you really lvp so you have these instances where people have called her a liar, but a lot of what she said has always technically been true. I mean, and who's to say Muhammad really didn't make a passing comment saying something like that, and maybe it was like a poor taste joke. Um, so I actually think in this instance, the affair probably didn't happen, and Aaron has every right to be upset, even though if you saw that last episode at the barbecue, and he was like, I'm gonna crush your fucking hand, that was a little intense, and maybe this is the best for her to like leave Aaron and actually find somebody that is not crazy but apparently from what I've heard there's only a lot more of that dramatic him. Eileen also dished on saying um she also dished on her time on housewives prior to this cameo but like when she was actually on the show and she was like I'm surprised that they even kept me on so long I thought I was boring I didn't think I really brought anything to the show I was always telling the producers that I thought I was boring and I'm just like listening to her and I'm just like yeah we all thought you were boring Eileen I don't know how they kept you on either. I don't know why they kept her on. I think they wanted to keep her on because she was like an actress and a name and a face. And they thought that like that was like, I don't know. I just didn't think she was the best fit on that show. Her and Rinna were good. And Eileen had great scenes, but Eileen had great scenes because she had like Kim and Brandy there to like, you know, play off of her. Like when Kim called her a beast, she's like, you goddamn beast. And she's like, beast, Kim, how dare you? That was really good when Brandy threw the wine glass in her face. So like she was there to like, you know, be the whipping post for some of the other girls, which was very entertaining, but I don't think she really brought much overall. All right, let's take a very quick break to talk about wine. I know we're drinking a lot of wine lately. We're drinking a lot lately and I get it. Look, it's this quarantine life. We're trying to get used to it. And look, at the end of the day, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to help you. I'm right there with you. I'm literally drinking a glass of wine right now. But while we're drinking wine, we want to be more mindful about it. And that's why I always go with Dry Farm Wines. They are my go-to hangover-free wine. That's right. I said it. Hangover-free wine. That way you're getting a little lit, but you're not doing all that damage to your body that's going to make you hurt in the next morning. I love Dry Farm Wines because they don't have all the added sugar. They don't have all the added dyes. This is no two buck chuck from, you know, the supermarket. This is real good premium high quality wine. I trust them. They are my go to wine brand that I order from all the time because I want to make sure if I'm going to drink, it's going to be good, good stuff. No two buck chucks for me. And no two book trucks for you either. So give Dry Farm Wines a try. Like I said, it's my favorite clean, hangover-free wine. So if you want to have fun tonight, but you don't want to hurt tomorrow, definitely give Dry Farm Wines a try. Go to dryfarmwines.com slash Z-A-C-K, dryfarmwines.com slash Zach. I put the link in the description to make your life easier. So go right now and order Dry Farm Wines. R.I.P. Eileen. R.I.P. to your housewife's career. All right, let's segue over to Vanderpump Rules. So we have Stassi and Kristen still making headlines. So apparently um, Stassi and Kristen called Andy and begged for their jobs back on Vanderpump Rules after they had gotten fired. Now, I'm calling BS and I'm smelling some fake fish in this in this wrapping because it's like, come on, really? You, You want me to believe that Stassi and Kristen called Andy Cohen and they're like, hey, I need my job back. First of all, as Andy's already addressed, he isn't a producer on Vanderpump Rules and even admitted on his own radio show. um, He admitted that he doesn't have any jurisdiction over the show or over the casting. So why would he have any power in getting them back on the show? Like if he couldn't if he didn't have any power in getting them fired, then like I don't think it would make sense for Stassi or Kristen to actually call him because I'm pretty sure they don't work with Andy directly unless it's Bravo related. But like in terms of like Vanderpump stuff, other than having to do Watch What Happens Live and the reunions, I don't think they really have many interactions with Andy. It's probably more LVP and other producers um, for the show. But like Andy doesn't have any any clout or um, nothing. So the the report went on to say that Pump Rules is planning to add more diversity for the show, and that's why they're not bringing Stassi and Kristen back. But, like, at this point, I'm also kind of like, "Mm, I don't even know if this show could be salvaged. Like, I think Vanderpump really might be done at this point. Like, we all talked about how much of a terrible season this was. And, I mean, I think it ended on a positive or on a strong note in the sense that, like, you really see them all leaving TomTom. And it's kind of like this new chapter of their lives. And it was a good finale. It can even be a good fine series finale. I don't think it was a great season, um, but I think overall, that would have been a good way to tie up Vanderpump, given the circumstances, given how terrible that last season was. If that was going to be the last season, then I think that was a pretty solid finale to send them out on. It was a good like goodbye, especially watching them all kind of walk out of Tom Tom and Lisa giving her her words of wisdom. Um, I just think that like when you have this whole show and it's centered around like Jax and the drama that he brings, when he hasn't really shown any growth in eight seasons while remaining highly problematic, then, like, it's it's time to go. Like, if Stassi, Kristen, and Jack's getting fired for being really problematic people, but also being the people on the show that carried the show the most for several seasons, then, like, at this point, your show is pretty much done. I think maybe they can try to do, like, a reboot of, like, a new, younger cast, and maybe you sprinkled the original cast into some of the scenes to be, like, mentors to look up to or guide them or whatever, but I think... At this point, the show is is pretty much done so. And, I mean, it, it had a good run. I think it had a really solid run. All right, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let's talk about Nene Leakes, because there are still rumors that she is fired, even though she's come out and Bravo's come out. And they're like, uh-uh, no, she's not. Nene's still here. Well, apparently Nini's now, um, allegedly, this hasn't been confirmed, um, apparently Nene's shopping around a new reality show to E! which would be based on her life, I guess. Or I don't know exactly what the concept is fully, but she's trying to pitch around a reality show, and it looks like she's ready to leave Bravo. But... There's not any confirmation that she won't be back on Housewives. She just apparently wants to leave on her own terms, but she's looking to leave with something else already in the can, which I guess makes sense. Like, you do you, Nene. Why don't you try, I was going to say, why don't you try getting your job back on Klee? Um, But I don't know if Ryan Murphy's necessarily in the mood to rehire her anytime soon. But yeah, all right, Nene's not fired. And there's a good chance she's not leaving our television anytime soon, which is smart. I think people like NeNe. I think people like Bethany. I think people, there are the reality stars that can have the longevity and the career afterwards. But I think like when you look at the Vanderpump people, I would say aside from maybe Stassi or maybe a short-lived spin off with the Toms, I don't think the rest of them are going to have a career in television after this. Like once their time is up, I think they're going to realize because they were like young, pretty privileged kids that ended up getting a reality, a reality show and were um, condoned or not condoned. They were um, praised for bad behavior. And so I don't think they really know how to do anything else. And if our culture of reality TV is taking away from that and we don't necessarily want that problematic, you know, tension, energy, vibe, you know, drama, then I think I don't know how they're going to, you know, because you really have to hustle to get another show and to get back out there. And I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to do that on their own. That's just my opinion. All right, let's get into, to close out the show, let's get into the Aviva of it all. The Aviva Drusher of it all from Real Housewives of New York. This is especially juicy because I called it when Bobby Berg first appeared on the Jenny McCarthy show and or first dished about it on the Jenny McCarthy show. So on the show, he told Jenny that there was a New York housewife that wanted him to design her new pad, but she didn't want to pay him. And he was like, mm, I don't know about that. And she was like, it's great exposure. You can be on the show. It's going to be like so good for your career. And he was like, "Mm, I don't really know if that's necessarily the crowd that I want. I don't know if that's the, you know, like I don't even know if this is going to bring me anything. And so he's like, "Mm, no, thanks. And then her hubby apparently called Bobby and he's like, yo, you need to do this. You need to take this gig and you need to do it for free. And that's not an option. And that's not not an option. And then Bobby was like, "Mm, okay, bye. And then that's when... Apparently, this housewife, this New York housewife came into his into Bobby's store and told the staff, oh, yeah, we're still working together. And Bobby said that I can come and just take whatever I want. And if I don't want anything, I can return it afterwards. But like, I'm just going to take what I want. And they were like, um, OK, sure. If that's what Bobby said. And since Bobby was originally considering working with her and taking on the project. I guess they didn't think anything twice, um, but apparently that was news to Bobby. So he'd like blew up on her on Twitter back in, so this apparently happened back in 2014. And so before he even talked about it on Jenny's show, he tweeted all about it. And um, he was like, oh, you're such a con artist. Guess I'm not the only one you've effed over. You're so pathetic. Um, And then he even responded to Carol Radziville and said um, that her, that Aviva's husband Reed is a total crook. And he even hashtagged it real R-H-O-N-Y, rony. So I knew so when I was like trying to figure out who the housewife was I was like well who could it be at first I was like oh it's Ramona or Sonia this definitely sounds like Ramona or Sonia but neither of them had like had a husband and neither of them were renting a house at that time so it didn't make sense and I was like mm well, maybe it was like Bethany when she was married to Jason but that didn't seem to make sense either um So I originally narrowed it down to Aviva and Alex McCord just because I thought Alex, she was doing renovations on her house in the earlier seasons and she had Simon and Simon was always very much involved in the drama. So I was like, ooh, I think it's got to be one of these two. And then, of course, Bobby confirmed it um, when the tweets, when Us Weekly found the old tweets that he sent out back in 2014 where he's like, ooh, Aviva, you're such a con artist because apparently there was like a $5,000 painting from somebody else that she took that she didn't want to return. But like, are we really surprised that Aviva is an awful person? Like somebody just needs to throw a leg at her. That was mean. What does that mean? I don't even know that was kind of mean. I probably shouldn't have said that, but I only said like she throws legs. That's like that's what she does. She throws legs, and then we're like, oh my God, that was an iconic housewive's history. But I think in this time, in this instance, like Aviva, like what are you doing or like get your shit together, like stop stealing from people. Stop being a terrible horrible con artist. We hated you on housewives, and like at this point, I don't think any of us care to ever see her come back on housewives. I don't know. I may actually want to see her bring a little zing back to the show but apparently from what I've heard the rumors are that the casting for the next season of Real Housewives of New York is supposed to be really really good it's supposed to be their best casting yet their best cast yet so we shall see we shall see where this goes boom. Thank you guys for listening to this week's recap, Pop Culture Breakdown on hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, and you can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. You can follow at NoFilterWithZach on Instagram for all of the latest show news and reality TV. Hey, get ready because this Wednesday, I have Tyler Barnhart from 13 Reasons Why on the show, and we had a really good combo and he dropped, he got, he got a little unfiltered with some, some fun facts that I think will be very interesting to share. Um, I liked how unfiltered and Rocky was it was great i actually really loved him on the new season of 13 reasons why also so stay tuned because that's coming up this wednesday and the next wednesday i have peter madrigal from vanderpump rules he's coming on the show so send me your questions for him um let me know what you want me to ask him you can send it to me at just plain Zach or at no filter let me know send me your questions comments thoughts feelings vibes so i can ask peter when he's on the show next wednesday i'm definitely going to ask him about stassi and whether or not he wants to be like Stassi's baby daddy godfather, or baby's godfather. All right, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and please give me a five-star review. I'll give you a shout-out, I promise. Just please go and give me that love, and I'll give you a shout-out on next Monday's show. Okay, bye.